Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brenda Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I feel like we have so much to catch up on. Because last yeah. week we talked about Kentucky Route Zero the whole time. Um, right. Big shout out to the people who thought that uh, our tweet saying that part three of that episode was just distant highway sounds was a joke. Not a joke. Um, yeah, it's very much there. Yeah, kind of great. I actually listened to that distant highway sounds loop for like three or four hours during my work day that day. <laughs> and it was really great. It was a great experience. I highly recommend I think, doing that. Yeah, I think it's accurate to the game's intention that our episode about it was the closest the show has been to art. Like, it was like the most integrity we've ever had. <laughs> and now it's right back to the usual, like, Pokemon said, Badoof has feet, human feet. Uh, <laughs> that's the content for today. Um, apparently, I was talking to, um, shout out to Percy. I was talking to Percy about an episode of, I think, Radiolab. I think it was Radiolab that apparently had... Um, I, I, I don't listen to Radio Lab, but apparently there was an episode where they ended the story for that week and then included five minutes of just pure silence in the audio. And then it just like picked up and continued the episode after that. Um, yeah. And, and how effective that was. And that's interesting. But um, anyway, I just put this in highway sounds because I thought it'd be funny to have, <laughs> to have you talking about whatever, because I had stopped recording at that point and then I just kind of let you keep going. And then I just yeah. faded you out and brought this in yeah. highway sounds. That in. happens anyway. a lot. You just kind of let me trail off. It's like a, it's like an albums when a song will like linger on and then it's just silence and then a new one starts. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, enough about um, album tricks. Yeah. Can I start by talking about Animal Crossing real quick? Oh, please. Yeah. I was going to say, like, literally before we started recording, Brent and I were saying how, like, when you asked me to do, to try out this show with you in June of 2018, uh, before we knew it was going to be like a, a static, concrete thing. Yeah. If you, if like a ghost of future self came and was like, it within a year and a half, the FF7 remake and a new Animal Crossing will just be like floating around your reality. Like yeah. That's gonna, <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. It's like too much to, it's too much excitement to process. Um, yeah. For us in particular. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I find that the closer we get to Animal Crossing, the more feral I've become as like a, <laughs> as a person. I think people who like are in my life and in my vicinity just like didn't understand the full grasp uh, that Animal Crossing has on my life and on my sure. like being. Because the closer I get and the more like wild and manic I become, I think people are like more and more shocked by it. And I'm not shocked because mm. I've been expecting this the whole time but like right. they announced an animal crossing uh, special edition version of the switch that has like mint green and blue joy cons there's like an imprint on the back that's like a fun like island and a bunch of like animal crossing icons and stuff the dock has tom nook and his sons on it on like a little island it is adorable and you just asked me before we started recording if i was going to get it i had people asking me like hours after they announced the thing if i was going to get it i pre-ordered that thing seconds after it was announced <laughs> like i saw the tweet go live within a minute and then went to best buy and pre-ordered it like all within like two or three minutes um mm. that thing is going to be mine i'm going to have it and it's going to be great <laughs> Now, on a similar just, note, Animal uh, Crossing, the game is now available for pre-order. I have already pre-ordered and downloaded it onto my Switch, and the icon just sits there and taunts me. So, like, I'm <laughs> I'm fully ready. <laughs> so, for your new Switch, though, are you gonna have are you gonna have two copies of the game on both? Like, what's the plan? No, with I'm that? just gonna you, move my SD card data over to the new Switch. I don't think you can. Oh, that makes sense. You can do that. Because the game won't be out yet, so I'm not, like, starting a save and then trying to move it or something. Right, right. That makes sense. Never mind. That's a good plan. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited to get the new Animal Crossing Switch. It's also the Switch with a better battery life, which is nice. Oh, wow. So I hope good. this inspires... I imagine this will sell very well, and I hope it inspires Nintendo to do more, like, oddly enough, to do more customization with the Joy-Cons and, like... Yeah. switch gear you know maybe a theme that isn't just black or white yeah the, nice. the only ones that they've had so far are this and i think the the uh, let's go pikachu and eevee one. Oh, was that a switch yeah oh wow okay that's yeah cool. there's a it's like a brown and yellow joy con and then on the back it has like pikachu and eevee on the oh on the that's back awesome of the switch and then there's also the um Sword and Shield Switch Lite that they have, which is just like blue and purple or That's magenta, cool. which is actually gorgeous. It's a gorgeous yeah. Switch Lite, but also it's a Switch Lite. I was surprised that the Animal Crossing one wasn't a Switch Lite. I was like sure that that was just going to be a light version. Yeah, um, I guess I guess the the that game might need a little bit more. I feel like that might. I'm wondering how that game is going to run on handheld with the battery life. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Me too. I'm also a big Animal Crossing fan. I'm eclipsed by your unparalleled feral fandom. Yeah. I uh, I'm but, 
I would be ashamed if it didn't bring me so much joy and you should never feel ashamed of your joy. <laughs> so here's the deal. As it gets closer to Animal Crossing, you're becoming sort of, I guess, a werewolf of sorts. In a way. Um, I'm becoming uh, a villager and not and not your uh, your avatar in Animal Crossing. <laughs> right. The closer we get to FF7, I'm becoming who I was in middle school, bringing eight strategy guides to lunch. But that's sort of the, 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 <laughs> the brand I feel returning. Just this a weird yeah. tome of magazines being like, um, the Fierce Deities mask you can get if you get every mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's sort of how I feel like at work I'm, I'm making, which is great. I feel like I've made a few friends recently that are like, somehow it was revealed that both of us are fans. And then we just started like gushing about yeah. the, the stuff that's been revealed pretty yeah, much. They've like been every, releasing a lot of tweets recently yeah. of like like really great key art from that game yeah the shot of of the cast on the edge of the highway like leaving midgar is is it fucked me up it's yeah. too good it's gorgeous <laughs> i love yeah. the red 13 design me too he i was actually curious because he shows up like pretty late in the midgar section so yeah. i was like i i figured they would have him but we hadn't seen anything and he also like of all the post ff7 like games and spinoffs like he's like not in it at all which always kind of pissed me off because i always mm. loved him he's, he's back baby and i love his voice i think his voice acting is perfect yeah it's uh, really good they showed him in. he looks but, a lot like a red version of scar's son from the lion king 2 yeah. which i say <laughs> as a compliment because i feel like people hear lion king 2 if you haven't seen it you hear lion king 2 you're like uh straight to dvd sequel to lion king no thank you but that movie's great and uh There's Scar's son is great. There's actually a Polygon article about, like, it, I think someone ranked all of the straight-to-DVD video Disney spinoffs. Oh, really? Um, I mean, a lot of them are, like, I feel like there's, like, a, a C team at Disney that's, like, given those, and it's sort of, like, yeah. a quick cash grab. But there are some that are actually kind of interesting. I think The Lion King is one of the better ones. Aladdin, as well. Uh, yes, the sequels to Aladdin Jafar. are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of a King of Thieves guy, you know, can't win them all. Um, <laughs> Lion yeah, King 1 and half also out. was brilliant. Yeah, I think the number one was actually Lilo and Stitch one, which I have not seen. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, it's have worth seen reading. whatever one they're talking about. I'm curious which one it is. Yeah, Um. so that's that's all good. But enough about... <laughs> I like how we were like, we're both really excited for Animal Crossing and FF7. Here's our list of Disney spin-offs. <laughs> but um, you're right, he does he does have Scar's son energy. Um, and yeah, just uh, a friend of mine, Chris, uh, give you a shout out. He texted me after the latest trailer dropped that like showed like more characters and just more events of the Midgar section. Uh, and it cuts to Palmer of Shinra going like, my, my, a man of my refined taste yeah. running out of butter. And he's like, was this you? Did you do this? <laughs> and he, he also said that that was what sold him on the game. He was like, I don't really, I don't really play a lot of JRPGs, but like, this might be it. Like this might be the tipping point. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Palmer running out of butter that's all it took um <laughs> but yeah man it just like i'm trying to still go in with like at, i was about to say neutral expectations then my like unconscious laughed at me i'm trying to go in like really expecting it to be its own thing i think the danger is like so much of the intention of the remake has been to capture like the spirit of the original and i think they've done that really well but i also want to see like how whatever they've added to it works um, I think in the conversation about remakes, I was really blown away by the Resident Evil 2 one. And that's not a hot take. I think a lot of people now point to that game being like, this is how to do a remake. You keep like what made the original great and like, kind of fill in the moments that the technology wasn't there to have, you know, cinematically. And I think that I think this is going to be great. I just wonder, like the the biggest question marks for me are like. Some of the voice acting is kind of hit or miss in the trailers, so I'm wondering if I'm going to play it. Like, I might try out subtitles and see how that cast feels for I'm me. I'm probably going to do Japanese voices, I think, when I play. Yeah, the, I'm, I, that's how I'm playing think, Dragon Quest Eleven right now, and I feel like if given the option, that is how I'm going to play every game in the future. Yeah, I really like most of the cast, but I think some of the like supporting characters have like FF10 extra energy, so I'm like, <laughs> like seeing what the options are. Yeah, um, and uh, the other thing is that like. I think I think they've confirmed that it's going to be three episodes, which makes sense for like the three discs. I don't think it's going to be divided the same way because as, as many have discussed, the third disc is like pretty much just Sephiroth, unless you want to breed a golden chocobo, in which case it's 30 hours of that. Right. Um, 30 hours of racing <laughs> giant chickens while yeah. the world ends. I will be curious to see how, how many uh, episodes of this we get, especially considering from what we've seen, this one is going to be like a full ass game. Like this yeah. is going to be like a full like 40 to 80 hour video game by itself and, and it's 
just Midgar. So that means they're going to be adding a lot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I'm just so excited. I have like my whole day planned out. It's going to be great. Um, and yeah. I'm also ready to, I think based on what we've seen, I, th- I think it'd be hard to be like really disappointed. I think like I have, I've like read and heard enough from people who play the demo to know that at the very least, it's going to be a very fun game to play. And like right. that just with the aesthetic of that world is almost enough to hit like a base level for me. But I, I hope that like it truly does match the intentions of, of like really, really just like re-delivering that story in like a different and exciting way. I'm so excited. It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, I have too. all my eight strategy guides carrying with me to lunch. Hey, speaking of Final Fantasy, you had one that you wanted to bring <laughs> to the table today, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now that we've got that aside, um, today's game that I'm talking about is Final Fantasy 14, A Realm Reborn. Yeah, good um, title. Good subtitle. Oh, I'm sorry when I said uh, Dragon Quest 11 before and didn't say the full name. Dragon Quest 11 uh, S, Echoes of Elusive Age, Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Sorry. Yeah. It's sorry okay. to Square Enix. <laughs> I'm gonna sue the eighth there. Uh, worth pointing out too, FF14 has a lot of references to the aether. It's like a pretty constant, oh, really? like item in this in the plot. Yeah, there are aetherite crystals. It's great. Good. So already, I oh, felt at home. that explains a lot because there there is there was briefly, or if you Google into the aether, I remember when we were first deciding on this as the name. I did find like a blog or like a video series that had like two or three episodes from like years and years ago that was called into the aether and i guess it, i think it was about final fantasy 14 yeah if that makes sense there's another show i think that's like just within there are a few shows that are just with an e into the ether which they're and they're, no they're yeah. all about ethereum coin the cryptocurrency <laughs> they're all like they're all like crypto bro podcasts I feel like we've met our cosmic opposite. It's like cryptocurrency bros. Dude, just a just bunch like, of people screaming like, sell, sell, yeah. sell. <laughs> There's an episode of Rugrats where like Tommy or one of the babies yes. hits a switch and it makes like Wall Street like project and everyone's like, buy, buy, sell. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. I think about so many moments of Rugrats like permanently. You know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, your bot tweeted my favorite Rugrats quote, which is, I'm not still. Yes. Um, I don't know how that happens. I quote, Sometimes, I'm not so the, the idea of the bot is that it <laughs> takes my tweets and then like turns them into new tweets. Mm-hmm. But that tweet, I think it just pulled right from my psyche. Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever tweeted that before. <laughs> your robot saying I'm not still was actually like one of the scariest things I've seen on Twitter. It was, yeah. it was really exciting and nerve-wracking but yeah um rugrats aside final fantasy 14 uh this <laughs> is another milestone in my god quest to check out every final fantasy so at this point we've covered a pretty good amount on this show we've done nine we've done seven a few times 15 and 10 2 <laughs> and now 14 so doing mm-hmm. a strange order uh but um this is the machete order this is actually the intended order <laughs> Of playing through them. This is the official canonical way you're supposed to play through the Final Fantasy games. You're supposed to play five hours of 10-2, beat Kentucky Route Zero, and then start playing at the 14, which is what I've my last few weeks have looked like. <laughs> I've been having the fucking weirdest dreams. I can't explain this. But that's um, also intentional. You're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's actually, yeah. if you play them in that exact order, it rewires your subconscious to have a very specific dream, which you're going to need because the the end of Final Fantasy 2 is going to reference that dream. Right, so, right. Yeah. It is actually interesting to bring that up because the plot of the first Final Fantasy is the villain is like routinely in like a time loop to take over the world. Uh, so like, we're wow. not far off. <laughs> He's on the okay. zero. Anyway. Uh, before we get like completely like actually in the zoo. <laughs> Brendan just threw up a uh, not threw up like vomit, but he he held up to the camera a, a Minecraft Gengar or a it's Lego. A Lego. Gengar. It's a Lego yeah. Gengar. It's a Lego Dream Eater. God. Dream Eater. That's that's Gengar's album if they ever started a music career. Dream Fuck Eater yeah. when you sleep. Um, oh, I like Gengar as a crooner. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it would be like math rock or something. <laughs> like a Dan Deacon type. <laughs> when I was asleep and yeah, I like was like so hungry. Or something. Yeah. Okay. God, please. I beg, any deity, just strike me down. Okay. Back on track. Speaking of Tell deity, me about sh- Final Fantasy, Steven. Stop distracting me. Stop distracting me. 
Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Realm Reborn. This is one of the two MMOs uh, in the Final Fantasy series. So if this is your first episode and you're not familiar with Final Fantasy or or maybe you've listened to a handful, uh, just worth re- reiterating that every Final Fantasy is its own game. It's its own fictional world. Um, there are very few direct sequels. So like when you hear titles like 10-2 or 13-2, um, those are the few outlying cases where there has been a game that was like a direct sequel to the story of one of them but um yeah it's a lot of them share similar elements they might share like uh similar monsters or or whatever but every final fantasy might as well be its own fictional world um and 14 might be set in the world of 11 uh it shares a little bit with a lot of them but all that to say it's their second shot at making a final fantasy mmo and this came out Originally, I want to say like in 2011, 2012, around there. Let me look wow. it up, actually. That's early. That's earlier than well, I would have expected. <clears throat> there was an original game that we'll talk about briefly. Um, Final Fantasy XIV has, alongside Destiny and other games, has had kind of like a rocky release history. So originally, Final Fantasy XIV Online came out in 2010. And like, I never played this. Uh, I wasn't alone. This game got like ripped apart. Like we talked about games yeah. that have had a rocky, uh, rocky release, but like even Anthem, like <laughs> kind of landed on its feet compared to FF14. Like, yeah, I, you and I both make fun of review scores, like they're not something to be beholden to. But like when you're getting threes across the board, like something went wrong. Like right. this game was not. I, I think to without being mean about it, it just wasn't finished. Like I, I haven't played it, so I can't really speak to its quality. But like you know, unanimously, people were like, "This game is kind of a mess. It's it's not it's not really playable. It, ha- it has some nice music, but like that's about it." Yeah. Um, and Square, I remember this. Square wrote an apology. They like publicly on their website like took the game down i think and we're like hey this game is not up to our standards we'll we'll do better next time basically yeah um, which is a classy move i guess yeah i mean like at that time i don't think there was there's as many discussions about like crunch culture and all that so i'm, I'm weary of like what that involved and like i could yeah, only true. guess that like that 2010 I mean, 2010 was an interesting time for Square because, like, they had just released 13, which was also kind of a divisive, like, not not to this degree, but, like, people were sort of hot and cold on 13. It was extremely different from the rest. I yeah. haven't played it. I've been really wanting to. And, like, I think now 13 has a lot of fans. Now that, like, the series has made enough entries that are different, there's kind of something for everyone. I do really love the soundtrack to 13. I listen to it quite a bit. That will be a game I definitely check out one day soon and talk about. I think it'd be it'd be neat. Anyway, I, I just I feel like they weren't maybe as like financially established as they are now. I could be wrong about that, but I think it was just a different era for them. And they they really just kind of retreated with this game and they relaunched it, I think, a few years later, uh, to what is out now, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Um, and pretty much like 180 the reception. A lot of people were really impressed by it. It was really just like superseded what the intentions of the original even were. And I'd heard great things. And basically since then, they've just been adding more and more to it that people are more blown away by. So yeah. I've always wanted to play it. I'm, I'm, I'll talk a little bit about my history with MMOs. Like I haven't really, I don't really gravitate towards them. And that's probably why this game wasn't really high on my list. It was also kind of confusing to figure out what the pricing model was, which I figured out and I will explain. Okay, um, good. Because I have been extremely confused by it. Yeah. I have I have the game technically, but I also can't log in. I think I'm having the same issue that you have. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, so yeah, actually, why don't, why don't I do the pricing model first and then I'll talk about how I'm liking it and, and okay. my stuff. So, uh, if you're curious about this game, based on just that, uh, there is a free version, which you can download on PS4 or PC and it is basically you play completely for free there are some limitations like you don't have access to certain classes you can't initiate parties but like you can play the game up until level 30 and then it's i think a 12 dollar a month subscription it's a little steep to be honest oh, wow. uh, yeah. no, no pun intended but there is a monthly subscription after level 30 that being said i've been playing this game for like probably six hours in total and i'm level 13 so mm. like Level 30 is a pretty sizable amount of time and yeah. you know depending on how you play it it could take it could take longer. So I think you'll you'll get a pretty good like portion of the game um and then you can decide if you want to keep going or not. Basically everyone I know who plays it is also like they'll play a lot for a month and then cancel and then reactivate it whenever they want. So like yeah. Uh you know that 
I, I kind of hope they, they lower it a little bit because 12 is like kind of a lot, especially like in this day and age of stuff like Destiny and other MMOs, like not really. It seems like kind of an out of date model. At the same time, they are adding so much to it and like so much content that people like adore. But are I'll those DLC into. expansions included in that $12 a month or do you have to buy those separately like you would for like a WoW expansion? So uh, so the other thing, so there's the free version. Um, there's when you have an active subscription and then you actually have to, I think, buy the game to have access to all uh, upgrades they've done and expansions they've done. I think that's like 20 or $30. So mm-hmm. like, it's a little weird. I, I have the game. It was on sale, I think, at the end of the year and I got it for like 20 bucks. Um, not realizing that the subscription would, would kick in eventually but you also have to elect that and it's not until you're after level 30 which like i probably won't be anytime soon so it's a little it's a little off but i think like i'll see how i'm feeling once i get there and and go from there um but uh that's that's how it is i would probably recommend if you're like trying it out you might as well just do the free one because like you know the 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 restricted content i don't think is really worth getting until you know like what you want out of the game um right so anyway i'm really having a good time with it so i i wanted to touch on sort of my experience with mmos and like kind of why i've never really gravitated towards them first and then i'll talk about what this game is doing differently for me but my only experience really was like playing wow like back in like 2007 and that that wow was like so popular when we were in high school like that was like the game it, it, w- it was everywhere like you couldn't avoid it all my friends were playing it yeah i was kind of hesitant to because that was also the same time as our muse oblivion and i was like mm-hmm. what fantasy rpg could top this <laughs> hello um so I eventually got it and I had some friends. I, I run into this all the time with MMOs is like a group of friends who play it and I finally play it. And they're like, oh, cool. Um, I'll make some like shitty, useless character to play alongside you because I have like, this level 90 god that can like summon comets and create numbers you couldn't fathom existed. But like I'll make just sort of like a, a, a river orc with you. And we'll, just, you know, <laughs> we'll adventure together. And then, of course, inevitably right. that char- that like fodder character they made just so we could hang out becomes like top level in a week and i'm still you know like in the starting town like killing ostriches um so i never really had like a group and i think that's really like that is sort of what what pulled a lot of people into wow is like having like a group to play with or a guild where you would do Mm -hmm. like group quests together Uh, and that's where the game like really like I think for MMOs, a lot of people say like the game starts once you are top level because then it's all about like, you know, different raids and different quests and stuff. I never got into that. I was never super interested in that. I kind of just liked exploring the world. And that was my experience with WoW also. Yeah. Yeah. I was a hunter, which was good at soloing. So I, but I also made a bunch of characters and this got them to like level 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, my favorites were I had a uh, I had a night elf hunter with a pet gorilla, and then I had a tauren warrior and a undead I undead rogue and a troll priest. I was like, what's the least popular character? And it was a troll priest. Yeah, his name was Fred, but with like a Y in there. I was like, this is this sounds right. Fred. Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my best. It was high school. But yeah, I I I I always felt like. I liked WoW in the sense that I found it really relaxing. Like, even though all the quests, at least in the beginning, you know, when that came out, were like, go here, kill X of whatever. But I bring that up because when that game came out, the idea of playing games online was still such a novelty that, like, that's what made it feel so magical. The idea that, like, other people were playing this and sharing this space was, like, really, yeah. really cool and exciting. Um, I also never really had a great computer. I had, like, a Dell I shared with my mom and my sister on dial-up. So, like, yeah. everything was just, I played like, it on, like, a gateway computer. I remember, yeah. like, way back in the yeah. day. I also, I didn't have anyone to play it with either. Like, <clears throat> none of my friends were playing WoW. I just kind of got it because I kept seeing ads for it. I think on, like, G4 Tech TV when that was still a thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure, whatever, I'll try this. It was when the first expansion came out, the one with, I think, Blood Elves? Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, they added a whole new area. I forgot what the expansion was called, but yeah, that they added Blood Elves and um, another race for the Alliance, I forgot who. Yeah, but. so that that's where I, I started and uh, very quickly realized I did not like MMOs. Um, yeah. Or like I hadn't found one. Similarly to my thing with JRPGs now, my quest for a long time was like, I want to find an MMO that I like. Um, yeah. And I think like Destiny kind of slotted into that, even though it's not really an sure. MMO. But like that kind of became adjacent uh, to the thing I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. It definitely is like an experimentation within that genre, I think. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it has a lot of MMO DNA. 
Right. Um, so I wanted to check out FF14. I I kind of put it off for a while, um, but it was on sale and I picked it up and I've been playing it. And the thing about this game too is like Realm Reborn came out, really just 180'd the game and like made it great. And that's that's the sort of standard game that exists. And then since then they've added a lot of expansions. Most recently Shadowbringers, which people love. People like adore that. Yeah. Like that's considered one of the best Final Fantasy games. Um, it's awesome. By like a lot. So as a huge fan, I really want to get there. The problem is that it takes like <laughs> probably 100 hours to get there. Yeah. Um, I think there is a way to like, there's actually a really good uh, Polygon review of Shadowbringers. Um, and the writer says like, I think there is a way just to jump right to it, but you might even appreciate it more like if you work up to it. And yeah. like what's really, and, and they say something in that article that I think is true, even with how early I am in the game. When you start that game, it feels very much like you're in Final Fantasy WoW. Like it's very, there's a lot of menus that are a little bit hard to parse. It's hard to tell like where to go. And, and a lot of the early quests are like, oh, you're new. Go kill ostriches. You know, and you have to, <laughs> you have to do that and then you know like even still like a lot of the quests are go here kill x of this or interact with these things yeah uh, and that's like you know that's that is what it is i think like that's sort of always been my point of attention with mmos is like i don't want to do like busy work until the game becomes fun but something about this game something about the environment and the music and just like i enjoy being in this world and i enjoy like uh they really do like reward you a lot and like there's a lot of stuff you get like pretty early on that like you you have a very clear sense of advancement um which i think is something that mmos like both prey on and kind of build themselves around is the idea that there's always something better you can find Right. Um, but I just find that like my enjoyment and my place in the world improves as I'm going through it. There is like a story happening. It's it's really nothing worth writing home about, but like I enjoy how silly it is. Um yeah. but uh yeah, man, I think like the the Polygon review says like as you play the core game, you can see the writers and the people making it like kind of finding a groove as you play it and it mm. just gets better and more fully realized and I think there is something like just the idea that there is like eventually a like core Final Fantasy level story happening in this kind of goofy MMO is really appealing to me. Yeah. And I just find it really relaxing. I, I at this point in my life and at this point, like with the amount of games I have and, and the amount of games that I play that are like more story centric. It is kind of nice to have a game where I can kind of just like turn that part of my brain off and just like explore yes. and like. There's some cool stuff happening too where I can actually see even a Destiny. Uh, maybe this is something that happened before Destiny, but there are events called Fates where, like, randomly on the map, there will just be group quests that anyone can join. So, like, that keeps the world feeling alive. Where the game really took off for me was, like, in the, in the A plot, there is, like, you eventually get to, like, what will be, like, dungeon quests where there's, like, a big boss that you have to fight. And, like, the music that plays during those fights and, and how those fights are orchestrated, uh, it begins almost to feel a little bit more like you're playing because the game plays like an MMO. You have like, you know, a, a you can hold one of the trigger buttons to activate like a list of shortcuts. It's actually done really well. It becomes very intuitive as you play it. But it, uh, my friend Eric, who who introduced me larger to this game, has described it as becoming more like a fighting game the deeper you get into it. Where you're kind of reacting to what the enemy is doing, and like I'm playing as an archer uh, who eventually becomes a bard, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> um, but uh, I just feel like that's like who I would be in a fantasy world. Like, I don't have a choice. I'm the bard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like I have moves. I have like bow shots where I can cancel them doing a move, so I can wait until they're like visibly charging up to do something. Do that, and then do something else. Like. For a lot of it, for a lot of the main quests, you're just seeing like lights light up and, and seeing numbers and like that's whatever. But for the boss fights, even this early on, even at level 10, I'm already seeing what the game will become. And I'm enjoying like seeing like a something resembling a story kind of like morphing together. Uh, it's interesting because you choose your class and you can switch your class at any time early on, which is really neat. Another thing that's really great is that when you level up a class, you keep that class level. 
So like if you ever make other characters, you can you already have like, you know, level twelve and archer that you can switch to, which is Oh, dope. cool. That's awesome. Um it's a really nice quality of life thing. Yeah. Because you might not know starting out what you're going to like playing as. It's worth actually switching around. I'm kind of all in on Bard, just arbitrarily. Yeah. So I'm sticking with and I, I you know, I it reminds that. me of playing as an as a hunter. But every every guild for every class has like their own story going on. So like in the Archer Guild, it's mostly like elves and cat people. Uh mm-hmm. I'm like a weird lizard, by the way obviously great yeah um, of course but uh <laughs> i went in and and at a certain point in that quest just doing like go hit these targets this elf came in and he was like this person doesn't know shit about archery like they should leave right now and i'm like who whoa yeah. i had no idea that, like i was causing like a fuss in this guild that i was just sort of blindly doing quests for right so like again it's if if you saw these moments i'm talking about you wouldn't be blown away but like from how the game was starting and what it's already becoming and like you know i now unlock i have like my own private room that i can kind of customize i i really like the absurd scale of fashion ranging from like this is nothing just just accessories to like oh this is actually pretty cool yeah yeah man i'm having a really fun time with it i think this is a game that i'll probably just like fall back to over time and i would like to one day get to the shadowbringer stuff because i think if i'm already enjoying it now i'm like in the point where people kind of consider it a grind but like i don't know i think the game like the game is invested in you having a fun time with it so even if you're even if the quests are sort of like you know go here and interact with x objects this time it might be on like a giant tree trunk that's like going up to like a new area or you know the 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 environment changes enough and the, and the settlements change enough that i'm interested in that but it also changes in a way that feels organic there's something weird about about wow where like you reach the edge of an area and then it's suddenly haunted or suddenly like the beach area mm-hmm. there's no like gradual change but in this game like you very much feel I, I think this setting is the star of it i'm kind of in this sort of woodsy area and like some of the music is just real cool i mean that's I think a given for most Final Fantasy games, but I think the score of 14, um, there are some like some duds in the soundtrack, like the the starting town area song, I think is the same three notes over and over again. <laughs> so like um, this is a game that doesn't, um, yeah, it's like a Pokey Center-esque melody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think the game puts its best foot forward, but I think if you're, if you're interested in what's going on with it, or if you're interested in seeing how you'll like it, I would say like give it until you're level 10, you know, like give it like a handful of hours if you're enjoying it at all. And then, see how you feel from there yeah and like that is that is like a third of the experience you can get for free so like i think it's worth checking out i'm, I'm someone who normally doesn't like mmos and for some reason this one's working for me and i'm just like excited to see where it goes yeah um, i really want to get into it. it what i find really interesting about this just based on your description at least having not played it um so there's obviously the comparison to destiny via the like hey this game is bad when it comes out and now it's good um yeah but in terms of the way Destiny plays, they kind of front load all of that like exciting campaign story stuff. And then once you beat all of that, you kind of have this like, okay, why am I going and replaying these missions? Why am I, you know, doing XYZ thing again for a second or third time? Um, you know, the the end game of Destiny is I think what people who play that game would largely say is the best part but there is like a lingering question of why am i doing this i think the whole time yeah and i like the idea of final fantasy 14 starting with just kind of like a very classic mmo thing but then getting to potentially the best final fantasy story of all time like yeah. at the end like like and I, when yeah, you're I, far I wanna... into the end game like a hundred yeah. hours into the end games like now you get to experience this incredible thing like keeping that as the like cherry on top of everything i think is a really interesting way Way of structuring that game even if it's maybe not the best way it's at least interesting i've never seen it done before it is and i think i think that sense of scale of like start like because no one's talking to you like you're the chosen one they're like oh, okay like you want to go kill a, a few ostriches like that's all the work we got for someone just showing up with like a weird outfit right um <laughs> uh so yeah i'm i mean i think i'm also predisposed to like this it, it's weird because i don't say like every final fantasy is different so i don't i wouldn't say it has like a inherently what i would associate with final fantasy as a vibe but there's enough there like there are moogles once i was able to rent a chocobo i was like i'm in this yeah, is so fucking right. cool although i tweeted this but i was riding on my chocobo feeling like un- 
unstoppable. I'm like, should I stream this? I feel so like free and cool. <laughs> and then this this dude was riding an actual dinosaur that was glowing, and he was in like a guild called Lust or something. <laughs> like, whiz past me, and I'm like, if I could eventually ride a glowing dinosaur, I will put in endless hours into this weird game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. It'd be fun to play together. Let me know if you pick it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have it downloaded. I just can't log oh, in. Cool. Yeah. I, for that, you have to go to Mog Station, but I would recommend doing it on your computer because the interface on PS4 is a little weird. Yeah. So if you forgot your password, like do that via your laptop and you should be okay. Okay. Yeah. I do want to get into it. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's like, again, I think that for anyone familiar with MMOs, the, the DNA, and I, I, I can kind of see why. I think this game was such a flop initially. They probably wanted to play it safe a little bit in the beginning. They're like, let's just make like a really functional MMO-ass game. Right. You know? Yeah. And like, I think it did that. And now they've just been adding like what I think people dreamt of to it. Like yeah. with, with Shadowbringers and with everything. A um, game that I don't think gets compared to this a lot, but probably should more is Elder Scrolls Online, where it was a very similar, yeah. like it launched, people were like, yeah, this is fine. And now has kind of become what people thought it was going to be, especially with like the, was it one Tamriel update where like now you can just kind of play it like an Elder Scrolls game and just go literally anywhere in the whole world scales to you and you can kind of do whatever you want in whatever order. Like they've kind of finally landed on what that game is supposed to be. It feels like Final Fantasy followed a similar formula. Yeah. And like just the scale, like like you said, you start off as like doing busy work and then you become this chosen one in, in this story. Yeah. Um, like my friend Eric was showing me where he is in the game now. And like he is literally flying in this like just unbelievably beautiful like kingdom yeah and he's like that mountain i could go to that mountain like i can do and i'm like that's like that's the level of aspiration that like skyrim like reached for right that is know? that is like the goof thing that people say in e3 presentations is i can go yeah. to that mountain yeah so i i think it's i think i've i've been shown that like it's worth sticking around will i will i have the time i mean the thing is i don't think it's like you have to endure a hundred hours of like bullshit to get there I think it's not as right. it's not putting its best foot forward. It's not as interesting yet. But like as the uh, reviewer in Polygon said, like you will appreciate the end even more if you've like seen the stories that preceded it because like it does build up to that. It's not like it's statically bad and then it suddenly gets good. Like it does just get better as you play it. Yeah. So the idea of an MMO getting better as I play it is really interesting, and I'm already seeing that, and I think I'll stick around. Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Echoes of an Elusive Age S Definitive <laughs> Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think I might make a. If you if you play, we should stream together, and I'll make another character. Okay. Um, right now it's uh, I actually I'll, I'll I'll read through the the races because they're kind of interesting. So. If, you, if this is at all interesting to you. Yeah, no, do it. I feel like I'm in a middle school. I brought my strategy guides to class <laughs> mode right now. Um, so the human equivalent are called the higher or the here, which is like, it's just kind of funny to me when it's like, there's nothing different. You're just changing like a few. It's just like, it's like fried in, in yeah. WoW. Where it's like, this is just, they're humans, but they're here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then there's the elves standing are the Elezen, which is like, that's right. I actually laughed a little bit. I'm like, this is amazing. But then yeah. you have the uh, Lalafel, which are like kind of gnomes. Uh, the Mikote, or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. They're just like people with cat ears. Um, the, the, yeah, I think those needed to be in there, I guess. The, the Rogadin, which are like just big, buff, blue, blue people. Nice. Just like big, I'm talking big, buff, blue bodies. Okay. <laughs> you want to be big? Rogadin. Big, buff, blue folk. Uh, the Aura, which I am which are like kind of lizards. They have like ram horns and scales and lizard tails. They remind me a little bit of tieflings uh, in D&D. &D. They're kind of demon people. Yeah. Um, I, th I thought they were cool. I went with that and uh, I made... My character's name is Zoe Bahamut because I wanted to give them like a very common normal first name mm -hmm. and then like a final fantasy last name. Yeah, uh, good. I thought that was perfect. Uh, Zoe Bahamut. Uh, the Hrothgar are like big like buff Khajiit they remind me of uh, Kimari and uh, FF10 mm. um, I might make I, <laughs> for some reason I want to make a Harathgar named Big Sebastian because I had a cat Sebastian growing up and this, just it just makes me laugh Big Sebastian yes I love that <laughs> That's awesome. Whenever I make myself laugh, I know it's especially like esoteric. <laughs> like, no, this is this is for no one. And then the Viera, which are like rabbit people. Uh, that's what Fran is in FF12 mm. for those familiar. So that's what you got. 
it is a pretty good amount of customization. I think like the level of of, of uh, attire you can find is also kind of wild. So like your character very much feels like your own, which I really appreciate. Yeah. You know, it's not like you spend all this time and then you're just covered with a mask. Like you really feel like you're playing as a unique individual. That's so, awesome. Who do you think you'd play as? Oof. I do not know yet. I don't know. I mean... Big buff blue people sound like sorry. Big, big buff blue bodies, as you uh, said. <laughs> um, that sounds appealing, but who knows? Yeah, they seem pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, and I'll I think you can spend make... you know fifty eight hours just playing the character creator and then <laughs> never play the actual game. We'll see. Yeah, that, yeah. That's and very then you can choose you choose your birthday and your god as well. It's kind of fun. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, um, there's a whole like calendar they've made and like every month is associated with a different god it's kind of it's kind of fucking cool okay <laughs> i like it yeah it's cool I'm a, I'm a lizard i'm a lizard man just get it in your skull i do feel like the dream would be to make like just actually an argonian and make them a monk and just have lester in ff14 <laughs> you know? maybe i'll do that maybe i'll make another uh another lizard person and make them a a, a puglist a pugliest yeah is is the monk, that's the monk starting class? Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's FF14. Nice. Big Sebastian coming at you 2020. Wow, love video games. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm all I'm all big blue bodied up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Steven, we're back. And I alluded to something, I think two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, and I asked you, the dear listener, if uh, if if I should be talking about it on the show more, or if I shouldn't, or whatever. And a bunch of people said yes, so I'm going to do it. Idle games. They're a genre of video game that I think is um, maybe looked down upon uh, as even like a video game. In the same way that like a walking simulator uh, is used as like a negative term to describe a genre of game. I think uh, idle games kind of suffer the same fate. Um, but I play a lot of them. I play a lot of them. Uh, and I have for like a really, really, really long time. Mostly mobile ones. I usually don't play the ones that are in browser with the exception of like a select few. Um, but just to like, I guess, overarching, if you have never heard of an idle game before, the idea is you are just like clicking on a thing and then watching a number go up and the game kind of plays itself in the backwards or in the backwards, uh, kind of plays itself in the background. And um, that's kind of it, really. Um, you're just kind of like watching numbers go up. And then uh, in a lot of instances, usually there's like some kind of like monetary thing. So it'll be like, OK, you're watching, you know, your numbers go up and the numbers are money. And then you spend the money on upgrades, which make the numbers go up faster and better. And you can continue to upgrade whatever it is that you're doing. And in the beginning of like the genre as a whole, there like wasn't really a whole lot going on. So like, I think the one that everyone remembers is uh, Cookie Clicker was like the first like really, really big one that like everyone played, um, which was literally you're just clicking on a cookie. And then I think like you buy like automatic mice that will just also click on the cookie for you while you're away. And like, that was it. I think that was like the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> which was like really fascinating automatic mice yeah um that one was kind of weird because it was a little bit meta where it was like you're literally just buying and it would like literally show you like the mouse cursor like clicking on the cookie more um which i think was like maybe a little bit too meta for me was a little bit too much like hey this is what you're actually doing but there are other better ones i we talked in the games of the decade one about um universal paper clips which i think you ended up playing eventually yeah i checked it out it's cool it, that that one is i think almost like i don't want to say meta but uh, for those who who didn't hear us talk about it or don't know what that is, uh, that's a game where you're just clicking to make paper clips. But as you make, it's it's the idea that if you program an AI without any safety precaution or any rules, that eventually it will result in the end of existence. Yeah, because it's only operating under how many? How can I make more paper clips? Right. If so, yeah, the idea like if if you're creating uh, an AI that uh, doesn't have any rules except for do this one thing and get better at doing this one thing uh, and you don't program like don't kill living beings in into that code um eventually that will be the undoing of of all of society and uh maybe life in the entire universe which um is a really interesting lens to view that through because like i think that's like one of the only instances i've ever seen in which uh somebody has used the idle game formula as a way to kind of like make a really strong point um, yeah. And, and that game just kind of like unfurls and becomes like a really incredible thing. I highly recommend checking it out. It's on, it's on the web and it's also available for mobile, I think on Android and iOS at this point. Um, yeah, it is 
really great and it has an end too which a lot of idol games these days don't so i think that's like definitely worth checking out just because it kind of stands apart it's kind of a minimalist way to show how you can tell a story through like the the simplest means possible yeah you know uh really cool there is another uh there's another game like this that i also alluded to in the games of the decade but didn't actually go into too much uh, called space plan that has a similar thing. I think it's a Devolver published idol game for mobile um, in which you are you're like, I think you are an AI in this also where you're like kind of investigating a planet that seems to have had life at one point and you're like continuing to build new probes and things to like look down on this planet and try and figure out like the story of what happened there. Um, And as you continue to like harvest resources from like surrounding asteroids and other planets in the system and stuff, you will slowly start to accrue more information about this planet that you're looking at um and it is really great it tells like an actual narrative story through an idol game and it's really fascinating it takes like three or four days to play in terms of like you will check in with it maybe like once or twice a day for like five minutes um Mm. and just kind of like get a download of a whole bunch of information and over the course of time you will slowly start to you know piece together the story um and has a really satisfying conclusion i highly recommend checking that out too it's called space plan just to mention it again it's really really great but um you know those are kind of outliers in in the world of this genre and i just kind of wanted to highlight a couple other ones that i've played over the years that have like brought me a lot of joy um because i truth be told like i've been trying to in the lead up to knowing that i was going to talk about this this weekend i've been trying to like ask myself why i play these so much um and i still don't really have an answer that doesn't get like too um introspective and like almost like uh like i'm trying to act as my own therapist where it's like okay am i (laughs) playing this because i i need my brain to be busy at all times in any moment spent alone with my own thoughts is potentially negative so i just open up this game where i have a farmhouse and i click on a button that makes more chickens lay more eggs as a way to distract myself from the crushing weight of what's happening around me and like that might be true uh but also i do like clicking the button where the chicken yeah. hatches more eggs that's you fun. don't gotta intellectualize having fun having a good time yeah taking I, a break yeah baby i get it though i, I get that feeling yeah so I, yeah. I i i was trying to like get to the bottom of that and just decided like i'm just gonna avoid that entirely uh so instead what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna talk about some ones i play so i again i play most of them on mobile i think that's the best platform for it because like i'm not on my laptop sure. or my computer at all times but i do have my phone with me at all times so it's like really easy to just open stuff up and 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 like i mean that's essentially what twitter is at a certain point or like what checking social media becomes you know yeah not to be like just social dude have you ever wondered like, like social media is idle game like that's not <laughs> Well, I'm trying to make like a big point, but like, I feel like with a phone, you're more apt to just pull it out and like need to like, just not look at whatever you were looking at before for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I also, I also just find that like this genre in general is really great for like multitasking and doing other things. Like if, if you're watching a TV show, you can kind of just like whip out your phone and like press some buttons and put it back and like not feel too bad about it. So anyway, uh, just some games that I played over the years that I think are really great. The the first one that I think is the biggest, if I if I had to guess, I would say it's probably the biggest idle game on mobile and like maybe isn't anymore, but like was like kind of dominating for a long time. And a lot of other games have tried to ape this one um, is called Adventure Capitalist, which is like the most like bare bones ass idle game you could possibly play where it is literally just a list of resources that you have or like a list of companies that you have um, and you just invest in making those companies uh, generate more profit. And it is like weirdly kind of both a celebration of and like a searing indictment of capitalism as you're continuing to play it and as you continue to accrue more wealth, not in the way that Universal Paperclips is like making a commentary on on the idea of like developing AI without safeguards, but more of just like the further into this game you get, the more you start to realize that you're losing yourself to it, which is kind of like an interesting take on, on the capitalist yeah. idea. Um, but, uh, that game I played for like literal actual years. I think I played it for like two and a half years and eventually beat it because they had like, they had an end in there where you could at a certain point max everything out and there was like nothing left to do in the game. Um, which was kind of wild. I think now it's like under this model where they've added like a bunch of extra planets and things like that, where you can like go to the moon and go to Mars and you can build like weird, like wild tycoon esque regimes, strangely enough, like (laughs) on those extra planets and like it kind of just goes forever and they just like keep generating new, uh, new goals and things for you to achieve. But I was really happy to like finish it and be done with it at a certain point. 
So like if you're looking for a place to start, like maybe that's the one now. I'm not really sure. Uh, but that is a game that I like eventually finished. It's also worth noting that I've never like paid a dollar to play most of these games outside of ones where I like feel really strongly that like the developer has like put a ton of work into this thing and it's not being predatory. And like I feel good about like giving them money, um, which I'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but that one, like I didn't pay any money for. I just like downloaded it for free and like watched some ads every once in a while is like the most that I've like, quote unquote, paid for that game is like watching ads to, you know, whatever. But outside of that, like that game ended, they've now made a sequel to it. That's called Adventure Communist, uh, in which I think you're like a potato farmer in like a Soviet Russia kind of allegory, um, which is like really bizarre. I tried downloading it and playing it and it's just like so difficult to understand that ui that like i bounced off it almost immediately and i was like kind of looking forward to it also just like knowing how into <laughs> adventure capitalist i got i was hoping that adventure communist would kind of give me the same um uh the same catharsis but like really not at all like so the opposite um i just had like a really bad yeah. time with it so i i wouldn't really recommend that one um, <laughs> i would not I, recommend communists <laughs> <laughs> um i just i just keep seeing ads for that one everywhere so like yeah just wanted to say, like, maybe be wary. I mean, check it out. It's free. Why not? But um, did not have a really good time with it. The one that I see, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Gerstmann from Giant Bomb talking about all the time, surprisingly. I find that there are, like, people higher up in, in, um, in like, games media who talk about idle games, like, occasionally. They'll just, like, drop it, like, secretly into conversations about larger things. But Jeff Gerstmann every once in a while mentions this one, um, at least in, like, the Game of the Year discussions. Uh, Egg Inc., which is the one I was alluding to before, which is, like this really, really, really high quality polished idol game in which you have these uh, chicken coops that you're filling with chickens who are all laying eggs. And then you have like the shipping, uh, the shipping trucks that come by your farm and like pick up the eggs and carry them off. And you start off just like laying regular eggs, but then you're like genetically modifying the chickens to like lay golden eggs. And then eventually like you figure out a way to make eggs that like will power cars instead of gasoline. Um, and uh, like you continue to go on and on and on until like you're creating eggs that are um, like kind of solving uh, world hunger or are curing people of like ailments, various ailments and diseases. They're like vaccines like housed within eggs up until the point where the eggs start to um, like allow for interdimensional space travel and things like that. <laughs> wow. Um, and you start to create chicken coops that are kind of just like black hole pocket universes that can hold like quadrillions of chickens in them and things like that. It's like a really bizarre game that is absolutely gorgeous. It's like a really, really pretty game also, which is bizarre. Um, it is really great and they've developed um i think it's one guy who makes the whole thing uh and and he is kind of also th that game had an end at one point and has kind of turned it into a game that you can check back constantly because they now have raids in this game where like you join <laughs> up with a bunch of other people and you like uh collaboratively create a farm that like has to hit a certain amount of profit in a certain time so they'll give you like three days to like max out this farm in like this pocket universe that they just kind of like you know poof into existence um it's really really interesting it's like the one of the only idol games i've ever seen that like actively rewards you for going back and checking it out like way after you're like quote unquote done with it and and i just find that really fascinating in terms of like exploring new revenue models that aren't just like press this button to like look at an ad that'll like double your profit for two hours or something it's really nice to see somebody like continue to like try and iterate on this design and like kind of push it even further than they already have so that game's really awesome i downloaded that game when my foot was broken and i was in bed for uh, eight months and that was like the reason that i did not like completely lose it while i was stuck in my own yeah. house like unable to move or do anything for eight months um wow really great really good game um and the ones i'm playing right now the ones that i kind of wanted to shout out real quick there's this developer that's called cody games c-o-d-i-g-a-m-e-s um they make like a bunch of versions of pretty much the same game over and over again which like you know maybe isn't great but um, they're like trying to take Roller Coaster Tycoon and turn that into an idle game is essentially the idea. Oh, wow. Which is kind of really great. Um, you don't have as much like control over placing uh, roller coasters or like actually building things as you would like. It really is just like, okay, you have enough money to like install um, like an Indiana Jones adjacent ride into this theme park now. So go do that. But they have a whole suite of games. There's a theme park one. There's like a supermarket one. There's a hotel one. Um, I have been going through and beating all of them, weirdly enough, because they all have ends currently, uh, which I, I, again, find really great. And every once in a while, 
they'll just like add a new thing to it. So like I beat the hotel one and they just like added another hotel that you can open up and like max that one out. So every time they add a new hotel where I see like my my app store is downloading an update where they add a new hotel, I'll like jump back into that game for a couple of days and then play that for a while. So I'm just like really into their kind of specific brand of idle games at the moment. I've also jumped back into Adventure Capitalist just to like see what their updates have been. And that's been really interesting. Um, there's another one called Cash Inc. that I'll shout out that is very similar to Adventure Capitalist, but is just way prettier and like just kind of nicer to interact with in general. Yeah, that's a very quick, brief overview of just like idle games that I've been playing. There are a bunch on Congregate.com that are like browser based ones that I know a lot of people really like. Um, but I, I specifically gravitate towards the mobile ones just because I like to kind of um, incrementally upgrade my numbers as I <laughs> check in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a weird. The reason I kind of flew through this is because I, I feel kind of like a weird shame with this. Like no, last night I was shame. at a I was at a, a friend's birthday party. Uh, shout out to Elle if you're listening to this. Um, she was over my shoulder as I was playing the hotel one and she was like, what is that game you're playing? And I was like, oh, it's just some game where you upgrade a hotel and I immediately closed it. And she was like asking me questions about it. And I was just I just like iced her out. I was like, I can't I don't want to talk about this. Like, I feel so much shame that I'm like at this party, like playing this thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know where that comes from or why or like there's there's no reason that I should be feeling that way about doing this thing. But I sure do. Um, but enough people in the discord uh, mentioned that they wanted to hear about which ones I'm playing. So I just wanted to shout those out, like kind of the the incremental yeah. history of me with these games and where I'm at now. So check out the Cody games ones because I think they're kind of doing like one of the best jobs now. But if you haven't played those other ones that I mentioned, I would maybe check those out first because they're kind of like the all stars, um, especially yeah. Universal Paperclips and Space Plan, which I think are like kind of the future of where this should go. I also have yeah, an sure. idle game that I've always wanted to make that one day I will maybe talk about on the show. Um, oh, my God. There's like there's an idea for one that I've had in my head for like years and years and years that kind of also has like a narrative uh, twinge to it. But um, I don't want to say it's a cryptocurrency, but uh, sorry, I was trying to connect it, it back. To it's the called the Into other. the Ether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an E. Um, anyway, uh, that's really cool, man. I mean, I don't think you should feel shame at all. I get I get the idea of like wanting to be present at social gatherings and like being like, why am I hatching eggs in space? But, <laughs> yeah, no, it, sound, it sounds like a very unique genre that is like it's a genre of game that sounds specific to a time and place. You know, it's, yeah. it doesn't sound like a, I'm going to sit down, open up my laptop and play Universal Paperclips. You know, it's right. something on your phone that's like, because you, know, you also have a long commute. So I feel like you have, you have like that. There's a very big void for games like that for you. Yeah. Most of my time spent playing them is on my commute is like back and yeah. forth, um, either on the train or on the subway. That's when I definitely play the most. I would say I feel like uh, my closest comparison and this might be a bit of a stretch, but like we just talked about FF 14 and I've enjoyed like Diablo in the past. I feel like those games, I think FF 14 has ambitions beyond it that will become clear as I get farther in. But like the core, like go here, do X thing. It just sort of this like almost kind of Zen, this ritual that like I know I, I know exactly what energy I have to put into it. And sometimes it's nice just to have like just to know what you have to do and yes. have a place for games like that to sort of unwind. Like a, I mentioned this before, but I I went to my friend's house last night and they're both really into board games and uh, they will they have games specifically to like wind down. Like after we played a game called Everdell, which I'd recommend. It's really cool. It's like, it's like a really beautiful watercolors of like red wall esque forest creatures. And it's all about like gathering certain resources to build like a tableau of your village. So yeah. it's one of those games kind of like Catan where there is competitiveness to it and you can like screw people over, but you're really just building your own thing and you'll feel good about what you built. Even if you don't necessarily win, right. highly recommend it. Um, but, like it is a game that will probably take like around two hours and like you might like it's weird to play that and then just like leave <laughs> so yeah uh we we played a game called love letter after that that was super funny and weird but like we uh we played that kind like a game like coup or a game like it's a quick easy very limited rules like you just do that to kind of wind down and mm. then and then go 
So I think there's all, there are video game equivalents of that. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad you brought so. up um, Final Fantasy 14 because I was also going to mention uh, that that it's interesting that more games haven't like pulled from the success of the idol game genre and like kind of implemented that into more like AAA mainstream stuff where like the game is kind of like playing itself incrementally and and kind of like um, helping you I guess in the background while you're not playing it. Like that seems like kind of a thing that's it's ripe for the the picking, especially in a like games as service kind of thing um but like watching numbers go up in destiny and going in like the why of that game is very adjacent to what idle games provide i think uh same thing with final fantasy 14 like that is kind of where that comes in um i don't know anything about this genre but i know there's a burgeoning genre called auto chess that's like a like a take on dota that's happening right now and like i don't know interesting what that genre means but i think just based on the name maybe that has something to do with it as well but yeah i i could see a future in which like the idea of idle games kind of get uh, implemented into like larger, more mainstream things over time. Um, where like, oh, I've been away from Assassin's Creed for you know three days, and when I came back, like the town that I was building up got better. I mean, that's kind of a, a little bit what Animal Crossing is, also I was about in a to way. Say, yeah, um, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think like this has always kind of been a thing that I've gravitated towards, and I just kind of enjoy um, the idea of like real time passing um, and and having like the experience of living actual days of my life kind of improve a thing that I'm playing in a video game. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I think Animal Crossing almost guilts you out of like not being there for a long time. Yes. Uh, there's actually, I think, uh, a Kotaku article about returning to New Leaf after like years of not playing yes. it. Yes. And all the villagers were like, you're the mayor. Like you have a role to do. Like, <laughs> the town is filled with weeds and like your house is filled with cockroaches. That's yeah, it's interesting the like the that yeah. threshold in Animal Crossing where like they don't want you to play all day, but they no. also don't want you to be gone for a month. Right. It's the kind of game you check, and that that almost has like you know you check you see it. I've said this many times, but I uh, I forgot where I read it, but someone described Animal Crossing as a game about what happens tomorrow. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of your intentions are like uh, it's almost it, it's almost like a slower paced idle game in that way with like, you know, I mean, Animal Crossing is almost a genre of its own. Like it's but I think the conversation about what what elements come from these games that are working that could be implemented in like a, a quote unquote more fleshed out game or like how do genres intertwine and make new ones? Yeah, I think Animal Crossing is kind of like a good example of a genre that like i don't think anyone probably could have predicted that anyone would want right like it's such a unique like it, it probably shares the most with like a harvest moon or like a life sim which are have been popular for a long time yeah um but like the 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 act of playing animal crossing like you know it's not like the sims where you need to like take care of your of your like sims and feed them and make sure like they're you know getting their requirements mm-hmm. uh there really isn't any requirement in Animal Crossing. There are like loose goals you can get to whenever and and larger the game is just sort of like I remember playing the first Animal Crossing as a kid and my parents like I think I was eleven when the first one came out. Yeah. And I was playing it on my GameCube. Hey. Uh, and my sister and my parents are like, what like what do you what do you do? Like do you have to like fight something? Like right. I'm like, no, I just like cut down trees and like look for fossils. <laughs> like, okay. I'm just filling a museum. Um, yeah. I always prioritize the museum. But um, yeah, I, I think I think it's I don't know. I, I don't have the same appetite for idle games as a whole, but I do like I am interested in what they're doing and how that can be. What aspect of that do I look for in other games? Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Don't feel any shame. Be you, you know? Yeah. Nice. When I show up to parties with eight like r- like tastefully worn strategy guides and I'm like, <laughs> so Red 13 isn't inherently a black mage, but he has the highest magic stat other than Aerith. Right. So you want to load him up with as much material as possible. Absolutely. Tifa, on the other hand, you might want to give her some yellow material. That's the command material. It's not going to have the same sort of adverse effects to health and stamina that green material does. Sort of your standard spells, bolts, ice, you know, and Thanks so, so on. Thanks so much to our patrons, uh, Akira, <laughs> Alex, Andrew D, the other Andrew D, Ariel, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Dennis, Elliot, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly, Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Salute, Peasy, Scout, Shelly, Skin Tight Alloy. I still can't <laughs> I believe that's that. real. Uh, Spencer, Trevor, and 
William, uh, thank you all so much for wow, backing the show. Uh, if you want to back the show, you can go to patreon.com slash into the cast. Really great. Uh, we also have a Twitter account that's at into the cast, a Twitch account that's at into the cast. And uh, if you really like the show, uh, the best way that you can help it grow is to just share it with a friend. Um, that's honestly the, the biggest thing. Um, we also have a Discord that you can join if you want to like hang out with other people who like either this show or the other uh, podcast that I do. No script at all. The Terrace House podcast. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash TWG Discord. That link is in the show notes. Uh, we have a really great new channel. Thanks to everybody who suggested that um, called Introduce Yourself, where you can go in and just like write yeah. an intro about yourself. I still haven't done it because uh, I just... I don't even know how to do that, but I'm going to try my best to write one soon. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that is, that is a cool thing. So if you want to, uh, join, cause I think the idea was like going back all the way to the late nineties, like you would join a forum and you wouldn't know like what the vibe was or like how to join conversations already in progress or whatever. So like, that's kind of the idea is that you can go to the introduce yeah. yourself channel and like hang it's out. It's a very, a very open and welcoming group. It's really, really nice. Yeah. It's really um, cool. We, we're putting a lot yeah. of thought and effort and time into like making sure that the community is as welcoming and cool as possible. So feel free to join that if you want to have conversations like that outside of that is there anything else that we should do uh yeah uh we have a twitch account uh it's also into the cast yes uh, i think we're gonna try to start streaming more it's very irregular uh so you know we do when we can we always have a fun time doing it another way to help the show too is if you review us on apple podcasts yes. uh, that's a very direct way to help the show but yeah, that's basically it i'm i'm always blown away we have i feel like we have a lot more patrons suddenly and again we'll figure out a way to read that list if it ever exceeds a certain if it ever becomes an idle game itself of just reading the <laughs> list of patrons yeah um uh, thank you so yeah, much to aj flurry our producer uh who thank you aj who edits this show and makes it sound um even remotely listenable. Um, <laughs> yeah, that segment about uh, uh, Red 13's magic stat was much longer originally. Uh, thank you, AJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Kate Sith is sort of a nod to the well, game. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can uh, find me on the internet. Occupied by Setzer and at Final Fantasy VI. Who's, my co host's you know, name is Stephen Hilger. Uh, you can find him gold. on the internet at Stephen uh, Hilger. He has an airship. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Enough, usually, the airship really means so much to both by a character named Sid. That, uh, people, you know, continue to come back uh, every single sure week. I'm not sure the origin of the idea of Sid. There's always a character named Sid who is really into machinery and some. Anyway, my favorite villager in Animal Crossing Sid goes to hell. It <laughs> uh, just jumps right to hell. Uh, and you can also go to the moon at the end. Spoiler for FF4 originally. Big buff blue bodies. Okay? TWG, the worst garbage dot online.